that the question, what kind of cities do we want to live in? How do we want our cities to be? Cannot be divorced from the question of what kind of people we want to be. What kind of humanity we wish to create amongst ourselves and how we want to create it. And it is that mutual constitution of the city and who we are and what we are that is something which is, I think, again, very important to reflect upon. This is The City, an hour dedicated to a critical discussion of urban issues. Welcome to the program here on CITR 101.9 FM, CITR.CN, syndicated on CJSF 90.1 FM, and available as a podcast at thecityfm.org. I'm Andy Longhurst. On the program, we'll be hearing about a new initiative in Vancouver's downtown east side, the Survivor's Totem Pole, a grassroots community art and action project bringing together a diverse array of people who have and continue to experience different forms of oppression and exclusion. The Totem Pole will serve as a symbol of resistance, persistence, and inclusion. You're tuned into the city, an hour dedicated to critical urban discussions. Stay with us. Yeah. 
without a doubt. No one scream and shout. Time to let this out. This is The City here on CITR 101.9 FM, CITR.ca, and syndicated on CJSF 90.1 FM, and also available as a podcast at thecityfm.org. That was Miss Christy Lee, and uh, she's uh, from the Musqueam Nation. And uh, on the program, uh, we're going to be talking about the Survivor's Totem Pole. And the Survivor's Totem Pole is a grassroots community art and action project bringing together a diverse array of people who have and continue to experience different forms of oppression and exclusion. The pole symbolizes the downtown Eastside community's struggle for survival and will be a lasting symbol of resistance, persistence, and inclusion. Haida and Coast Salish artist Gundal is the master carver on the project, and she's the only female apprentice of the late master carver, Bill Reed, and is a longtime resident of the downtown east side. And throughout the project, Gundal will be passing on skills and knowledge to several apprentices. The downtown east side Sacred Circle Society and the organizers need to raise $15,000 for the project. And on the program, we're going to hear about this project in detail, and uh, let's go to more of it uh, from this Kickstarter video, which provides uh, more background to this important initiative. Hello, my name is Wilfred Price. I would like Hello, my name is Wilfred Price. I would like to acknowledge and thank the, the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations for allowing us to be on their unceded soil to complete our project for the Sacred Circle Society. Thank you. Yes, hi, my name is Gundel. 
I'm from the Haida and Coast Salish Nation on the west coast of BC and the first and only woman to apprentice under the late great master carver Bill Reed. I've carved two totem poles that stand today in Vancouver. The first one at the First United Church and the second one at Van Tech Senior Secondary School. I've also carved a 47-foot canoe for the city of Richmond. I'm currently now carving a survivor's totem pole with like, the permission of Squamish Nation hereditary chief, Bill Williams. This 30-foot, 980-year-old red cedar log is the first ever pole of its kind because it will represent all cultures in a very special and often misunderstood place. In January 2014, we had a gathering of First Nations, Japanese, Chinese, South Asian, Filipino and Latin American family and friends with links to human rights struggles here. We want to look at this as a celebration of what we've gone through and you know how resilient we are that we're still standing and that we're standing together in that too. That's a you know, really big thing. I will be working with three apprentices. This will be a very intense time. Many people in our community struggle with stresses connected to historical wrongs. These three apprentices are not allowed to touch a totem pole if they have been using drugs or alcohol. Working together under these challenging circumstances can take time, but like the animals carved into the pole, it's all about transformation protection and renewed strength and unity. The first two phases of this project are finished. We purchased a log and we transported it, skinned and designed it. We got the studio already and we need your help. We need $15,000 to complete the pole and to get the base engineered and designed. If we raise $25,000 or more, we will have enough to throw a proper pole raising ceremony and gather the community. We will be raising the pole in September. We know where it's going to be raised, but we just can't say anything right now. For your contribution, we will send you a gift of thanks, as you can see in the rewards section of this page. We have the momentum, the community support, and we need your support to keep it going. This is a grassroots public art project. Please help us make this happen uh, for the community and for the people from the downtown east side. However, thank you again. And that's the Survivor's Totem Pole uh, Initiative. And uh, if you're wondering where to find more uh, about this, you can certainly check it out at survivorstotempole.wordpress.com. And now we're going to hear uh, from another um, person involved. And Justin Weave is an organizer uh, with the project. And he'll provi provide more context uh, to the project and, and explain its significance for the community uh, in the downtown east side and beyond. First of all, can you tell me about the project and uh, why this is significant for the downtown east side? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll start by telling you a little bit about the history of the project. So, uh, Skoondal, the carver of the project, um, her and a group of people uh, purchased the pole from Haida Gwaii and were able to uh, bring it down to Vancouver here. Um, and then in January, uh, a meeting was held between a bunch of different communities in the downtown east side. So, you had... Um, Indigenous folks, uh, people through who went through residential school, 60s scoop, but you also had people uh, from other backgrounds who have experienced different forms of oppression. So we had um, people from the Chinese head tax, survivors of the Chinese head tax, uh, Japanese internment, also immigrants kind of dealing with a lot of struggles, um, 
uh, people living in the downtown east side who are in poverty. So it really is a, a, a coming together of people from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, and, and the goal of the project is really to bring these people together and to have a, uh, a community project that brings people together. It's art, but it also has an action piece. And it's going to be a lasting symbol of kind of persistence, resistance, and inclusion in the downtown east side to kind of acknowledge um, the Coast Salish territory that we're on, but also to acknowledge kind of the different struggles that so many different people go through here. Can you speak to the significance of having that visual presence and reminder of the, the territory that we're on and uh, the symbol of, of, of violence and struggle and, and what that means for the community Just and also people that may not know the history, um, settler Canadians who may not understand uh, what, what's, you know, what's at stake here? Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a lot of ways um, there's a broad movement now uh, within Indigenous communities to kind of uh, take back space, to reoccupy, um, uh, to re-like situate ourselves here. We, were, we never disappeared, but um, to kind of create these symbols that will be here forever, just like we've been here forever. Um, and then for, for non-Indigenous folks, um, it, it, can, it can represent kind of an entry point for people. You know, they can walk by, they can walk up to the pole, they can see the plaque, they can read a little bit about it, and it's going to trigger something in their minds. And they're going to be able to go home, they're going to be able to Google some stuff, and they're hopefully going to be able to find... Um, a little bit about the history of this place because that's what it's about I think for us to really get into some real reconciliation um, non-indigenous folks have to kind of understand the history of this place and then we can start to form a real relationship and a relationship that works um, that's that's uh, reciprocal um, that we can then move forward together in a good way and it's also more than just history it's also the contemporary the current and also that that the the culture that exists and can you talk about that as well and how that how that uh, really is part of that as well. Sure, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, in specifically Indigenous communities, I mean, we see a lot of the, the lasting effects of kind of some of the historical injustice manifesting themselves today, but it's not just about the history, as you said. It, it's, it's also about a lot of contemporary issues that our communities are facing, and there's still, there's still um, a lot of uh, tension between Indigenous and non-Indigenous folks here. I do think it is, there's a big piece about understanding. We need to, we need to better understand one another, um, and from there, I think we can really build a good relationship uh, and it, and it, it's more broad than just uh, for Indigenous folks to hear. We're, we're talking a lot about um, kind of contemporary issues that people just living in poverty in the downtown are experiencing, kind of addiction issues, um, gentrification issues, uh, lack of affordable and social housing in the neighborhood. So it's really kind of a bringing together of people who are experiencing um, all sorts of different kind of injustices, historical and contemporary. The interesting thing also about this project is uh, it's intended to to also uh, teach uh, new apprentices carving. And can you talk about that component of this project? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Skundal uh, Bernie Williams is the master carver on the project, uh, and she's taken on, I believe, three apprentices to work on the pole with her. And that's and that's like what this is about. I mean, it's it's art, it's action, but it's about bringing people together and. Um, Really, kind of the passing on of, of of the skills that she has to the next generation is is it has a multitude of, of positive benefits, right? I mean, it's it's kind of helping young people reconnect with their culture when they've lost it. You know, it's it's to have an image in the in the downtown east side that they can see, and then they in turn can eventually pass on their skills to the next generation of people. It's it's kind of a give and take. It's a, it's a real knowledge exchange. Can you talk also about knowledge more broadly and the importance of, of whether it's language or, in this instance, carving, and the significance of that for cultural identity and also um, making that history come alive and ensuring that it's, it's, uh, it's with communities into the, to the present? 
Sure, I think um, specifically for language, for, for indigenous folks, like language is, is vital because in our languages, it encompasses our worldview, it encompasses our perspectives. Um, and when our languages are gone, it's, it's difficult for us to, um, to sometimes remember our connections to the land. Before, when, when we were fluently speaking our languages, like the, our understanding of, of each other, our understanding of the land, our understanding of, of creator, everything like that was, was totally interconnected with when we spoke to each other. We recognized that the words we used were not just like literal me asking you for something or something like that. There were so many other connotations within it. So language is really important. Um, these kind of like uh, totem pole carving, for example, I mean, um, these things are really important for us to remember like where we've come from, to connect with our ancestors, um, to remember the stories. Because with the totem pole specifically, I mean, there's animals um, that are going to be carved on there and they have all their stories with that. So through the carving, we can, we can reconnect with those stories. We can reconnect with, um, with our ancestors and we can remember those stories and then we can pass those stories on to, to the future generations. Great. Well, thank you for your time, Justin. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. Identify, maximize, strategize, then make the fly. 
build the framework of the evolution. Start a revolution. Unlock your eyes, unlock the lies. 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 Yo, it's for the people. Yo, it's for the people. Yeah, it's for the people. Unlock your eyes, unlock the lies. 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 Yo, it's for the people. Yo, it's for the people. Yeah, it's for the people. Yeah, it's for the people. And that was JB, the First Lady. This is The City here on CITR 101.9 FM, CITR.ca, and syndicated on CJSF 90.1 FM, and available as a podcast at thecityfm.org, broadcasting uh, on unceded uh, Coast Salish territory here. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, on Saturday, June 28th, an open house house was held uh, to launch the Survivor's Totem Pole Project. And let's listen in now to uh, some of the program uh, from the open house.
and you know I didn't have like that sense of belonging and you know in this community it's you know it's so important I also want to acknowledge um, I have some relatives also here um, at this meeting that's here you know at Dakota who's one of the carvers I want to acknowledge um, at the other carver here her name is Arlene Sinclair this is like her fourth project with me. Uh, Dakota, this is like her second project with me. You know, and these, um, if there's another young man, his name um, is Randy Tate, who's Nishka. And if there's many hands involved with this, you know, this you know, is a journey, you know, about, you know, survival. I want to explain about the pole, and then, you know, I'm gonna, you know, ask um, if my body to take this over and that, but, this pole concept from Haidegwai is 982 years old, plus right now. I was asked about it, and you know, it, it's a real big journey for, you know, for this. You know, just like this law, you know, and it's weathered like a lot of storms and that, you know, about the survival, you know, of, you know, of it, my people, you know, on the land, you know, over in Haidegwai, and you know this you know, is a gift to the community. And it's not for me, you know, I'm just, you know, the humble servant here, you know, along with it, the carvers here. The history with this, you know, like we never asked like permission from, where's Constant? She's here. We never asked like the permission from the parks board. We never asked like the permission like from city council. This is, you know, all about, you know, the, you know, the beauty, you know, within like, the community with the hands, you know, that are, you know, all of like, your financial donations have, you know, got us like to phase three now. We went through the process of, you know, asking, like, you know, um, like, with hereditary chief Bill Williams, for, you know, from the Swamish Nation and that, you know, from my home in Hedigwai, you know, there's protocol, like, there's process. And here, like, is, our hereditary chief, Bill Williams, if you would come in. Uh, chief Bill Williams. And through, um, you know, through the work, you know, that we have done with, you know, with the chief here, you know, it's such an honor, you know, that have we you know, have been given, you know, the full permission have to do this work and that. And, you know, again, I want to say, how about, again, if I could ask if, um, if the chief, you know, our chief, Bill Williams, if you would do the welcome, and then we're going to ask Woody, and, um, from, you know, for no, like, to do the songs and that, but also Woody to do, um, a greeting to Chief Bill Williams. <laughs> is my ancestral name. Siam is a designation given to me by my family. It, it is uh, recognized in the outside community as chief. I'm one of 16 hereditary chiefs of the Squamish Nation. And you are sitting <coughs> on the Coast Salish territory of Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsvilatooth. On behalf of our families, I, I certainly welcome each and every one of you uh, for putting aside the heart today to be here, because it's so important to be able to, to share the good things that we do have to share and to be able to 
enjoy all the wonderful things that we can. So once again, I say, welcome. Have, have a wonderful time today here. Wait, you They stayed for a long time, and when they came back, the bald eagle came with them. So the Dene people, all the way into Alaska, all the way to Mexico, we call it the eagle people. So they've been here for a very, very long time. People say 10,000 years, that's just a short time. That's only not even two cycles in the higher family. So you've been here much, much longer. This is where you're... The language resonates to your, to your voices, to your language. That's how the language knows you. In my own, when I say, I am, I'm human from this land, that's how the land knows me. That's how the trees recognize me. That's the name the wind carries to the tops of the mountains and over the oceans, but it doesn't know me by Woodrow. That's my English name. My father was named after an American president, and he told people they had high hopes for me, but I never became president. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it was a good thing. But anyway, I'm really happy to see all of you here. And I don't like to have a label for it, but I was trained from early childhood in our oral history, sort of, to call timekeepers. The timekeepers met in October of last year. And the one thing that came no, out of that is there's a couple of things we got to do. One, stop using the word race. Race implies a competition for somebody to get there first. We're all humans. So we have to start saying, I'm human, I take responsibility. And that person out there, that person is not homeless. That person is houseless. 
There's a big difference. This is our home. When they come in and buy those condominiums, they're not buying homes, they're making investments. Mm -hmm. So they just want to get rid of people who, this is our home. So treat it as home. And people are not homeless, they're houseless. That's a big difference. But anyway, I'm so happy to see all of you here, all of you humans, all of us humans. Our job is to maintain the balance. And we haven't done a very good job of that because that was taken away from us. So welcome all of you. And this poll is the way we call it, you're on. When you stand it up, it says your history is standing straight up now. In many of our polls, like the corner poll on the house, that bottom figure is always the press of the wife of the man who, who commissioned it. And it says when you put that poll in the ground, you stand it up, that woman speaks in water, her body's in the land, her upper torso is in the air. So it says the female energy fight together, water, earth, and sky. And her husband's family is balanced on her shoulders, so she moves her balance to all cause. So not only does that female energy tie together water, earth, and sky, but the balance of the cosmos is entirely dependent upon the strength and stability of that female energy. So it's entirely appropriate that a woman carves this pole because now she's putting the strength and stability of that female world energy into this land again that was wrenched away from us. So thank you very much for being from our
here in Vancouver. And I'd like to personally thank Coast Salish people for allowing me to grow up on your land and get the teachings that I needed, including the alcoholism and the drugs that I went through. I consider those teachings so I can look back on it and have a reminder of who I was so I can pass on those teachings to the next generation, let them know how dangerous it really was. Growing up here in the city, I consider this my home. I never had the opportunity to grow up in Old Masset. I never had the opportunity to be a part of until recently, probably in the last 17 years. It's unfortunate that I never officially got adopted into a family. My mother did when she got married, but my brothers and I ceremony didn't happen. Even though that didn't happen, I still felt the spirit of Heather Y inside of me. So when I started singing the songs, it came out strong. Like my ancestors were standing behind me, making sure that I took care of things the best I could. I felt my chinny, my grandfather, with me at all times. I feel he helps me speak. I always know that he helps me out because I always forget what I say after I'm done. <laughs> and then people come up to me and they say, gee, I sure like what you said. What did I say? <laughs> and they have to tell me. So an elder told me, and that means you're telling the truth. So the words that come out of my mouth, if I offend you in any way, I apologize. The song, that was one of the first songs I learned. The songs I learned, I learned from uh, Master Carver, Robert Davidson. I just kind of accidentally bumped into him and he invited me into the room to learn the songs of his group. For six years I stayed with him. Then I continued on and learned other songs. One of my favorite songs right now is composed by Vern Williams, one of our, uh, our composers up in Old Massive. It's called Love for Hyde of Wyatt. Now, I think it really explains a lot on how my, my cousin does her work for the people, not only our people, but all. When this poll is unveiled, you'll begin to understand how much of a big part of this community she really is. And every time you see this poll or any of your other work, you'll honor her with a prayer, with the love, with a song, however you need to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. Love for Hyde of Life.
audio from the June 28th open house for the survivors totem pole, a new grassroots community art and action project bringing together a diverse array of people who have and continue to experience different forms of oppression and exclusion. And the pole uh, will symbolize the downtown Eastside community's struggle for survival and will be a lasting symbol of resistance, persistence, and inclusion. To find out more, go to uh, survivorstotempole.wordpress.com. This is The City. Stay with us. September And like everything else I can't remember I replaced it with scenes from the film That I will never make And I blinked it was over I was thinking my life would get slower That I would sort this shit out when I'm sober And you get better now that you're older I read the scares on the front page It says we're waiting around for an ice age it says our comforts, they come with a price tag 
And this is The City here on CITR 101.9 FM, syndicated on CJSF 90.1 FM, CJSF.cn, available as a podcast at thecityfm.org. I'm Andy Longhurst. Thanks so much for tuning in. This wraps up the program, and uh, we're here uh, Tuesdays 5 to 6 p.m. on CITR Live, and then syndicated on CJSF on Fridays 10 to 11 a.m. If you missed any part of the program, you can download it as a podcast at thecityfm.org. And you can catch, uh, as I mentioned, The City Live here Tuesdays 5 p.m. and then Fridays at 10 a.m. on CJSF. And be sure to follow the program on Twitter uh, with the handle thecity underscore fm and on Facebook by searching The City Critical Urban Discussions. 
And uh, if you have any comments or feedback about the program, uh, certainly send that my way. Uh, the email is andy at thecityfm.org, and you can certainly tweet your feedback again. That handle is the city underscore FM, or you can certainly just search the city uh, critical urban discussions, and you should be able to find uh, the Twitter handle. Again, uh, my name is Andy Longhurst. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we're going to be back next week uh, with another uh, edition of The City, an hour dedicated to critical urban discussions. Uh, the track you just heard uh, was um, off the recent album White Lighter uh, from uh, Typhoon, and uh, you can catch them at uh, Vancouver Folk Music Festival this month. Uh, and we're going to have another track uh, from another artist um, appearing at the Folk Fest, and that's uh, Jay uh, Melanowski uh, and... Uh, and the Dead Coast, uh, and uh, this is also another performer, as I mentioned, at, that you can check out at Folkfest. Coming your way, this is The City. Uh, thanks, as always, for tuning in. Have a great week.
Don't feel. 